0: Hello and welcome to African Catholic Voices, a podcast project of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. My name is Mumbike Godar, the organizing secretary for the network and your host for today. This podcast exists to facilitate discussions amongst African Catholics and allies on matters of faith and society. A few weeks ago, Pope Francis appointed members to serve on the International Theological Commission for the next six years. And to the delight of many and the amazement of many more an african woman was on the list for the first time ever as the number of women theologians has risen over the years in fact in some countries overtaking the number of male theologians this is not yet the case in africa however we do have a significant and rising number of excellent women theologians one of whom i'm delighted to welcome on our show today she is not only an accomplished theologian but yes She also now holds the honor of being the first African woman to be appointed to the International Theological Commission in its entire history. Sister Josine Galula from the Democratic Republic of Congo is a member of the Sisters of Saint Andre. She engages students through theological teaching at various institutions of higher learning in the DRC and also in other countries. She also presents at various forums of theologians and religious women and men sharing her deep knowledge and love of theology. She has also written extensively on various theological topics. Without further ado, let me welcome Sister Josie Galula, our guest for today on African Catholic Voices. Karibu sana, Sister Josie. Aksanti, thank you. Congratulations on your most recent appointment to this prestigious commission. Please tell us what was your reaction when you received this news.
1: I was uh, both surprised and not surprise. I was surprised because it is me, my country, my order, my university. I did not postulate at all, so it was a great surprise for me. And I thank Lord and my Catholic Church. But on the other side, it is no surprise because uh, there are already women from other continents in this International Theological Commission. Women from other countries are already there. So it is normal. It must be normal that this commission feels the need to absolutely add an African woman who is
0: theologian. Thank you, Sister Josie. Since many of us, myself included, do not know about the intrigues of the Vatican, what went on behind the scenes before the world received this news? Was there an interview or a conversation with you beforehand? Perhaps the Pope called you personally and invited you. So what happened?
1: There was no interview at all. All the procedures go through National Episcopal Conference. For the DRC, it's the the SENCO. The SENCO receives a demand from Rome and the SENCO looks, the national conference looks at the theologian available in the country. The SENCO gives the list at Rome and Rome does the choice after investigations. So I did not have any interview, nor a call for for the Pope.
0: Perhaps it might still surprise me with a call, but also I think it would be good to mention that, that the bishops are also open now to welcoming women to these positions. After all, you, they commended you to the Vatican. However, Pope Francis has continued to appoint women to many positions previously reserved for men and, and clergy at that. What are your hopes as an African woman in these times of unprecedented yet much-needed changes?
1: So it's a joy that Pope Francis and the whole Catholic Church today are attentive to appoint women wherever it is possible. For women, it means the responsibility to empower ourselves in competence. So my hope is that we African women and women all over the world we must take this opportunity of the openness of the Pope and the, the Catholic Church to do the best we can, not to be figurative persons, but active persons. Women are to work very hard to be competent in all the fields. My hope is that in Africa, We help women, we theologian and all the society, the church in Africa have to help women and also men to invest in capacity as widely as they can. That is my hope.
0: I like that you point that out. It's something that constantly comes to mind about how gifted many Africans are, but they just lack the opportunities. And it's true to us who much has been given in terms of opportunities and education, it is also imperative that we create opportunities for those who come behind us. You know, some people have said that um, female appointees, you know, by the Vatican to these positions previously uh, held only by men, is a step in the right direction. But then when you think that, when you consider the dominance of male clergy in so many positions of power in the institutional church, is it enough? What are your thoughts on this? Is it enough to have 10, 15, 20 women compared to hundreds of men? What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yes, it's true that the male are the majority now. From my experience, it is a matter of competence, of education. In the history of the Catholic Church, men have for centuries, they had opportunity to have a theological education. Women did not have the same opportunity. That is why the men are the majority. So there are many male because not of the sex, because they have been trained. So if we want many women, we have to train and to educate many women, very well trained women. Women who are competitive when working, so the things will change, I think. We have to train many and many and many very well-trained women.
0: It's true, and I get very encouraged when I see, with each year, new and upcoming female theologians from Africa in different institutions around the world. I'm happy that we are venturing beyond the traditional ministries that were associated with women and women religious, like teaching and nursing and social work, which are very important, but also into theology so that we can also help in breaking open the word of God to the people we minister amongst. As the first African female appointee to this commission ever, what are you hoping your impact would be for the African church and especially for its women members? Um, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on you. So what are you hoping your impact will be? I
1: hope as impact to help my church, my Catholic church and the Christianity to be more aware of the responsibility for all men and women to build the church and a better society. Because at the creation, God created male and women and I I like the, the sentence of Jesus when he says do not separate what God united at the beginning God made us together men and women to build the world to continue the task of creation so I hope that the, the presence of the women in this Theological Commission, a place we are thinking for the church, the place we are giving the church a deepen insight of our faith and the testimony of the church. I hope that my presence and the presence of other women will help the church to be more aware of this responsibility that we work together and God wants us to work together, men and women in the church for the salvation of the world.
0: I love that. Our salvation is indeed tied together. And so we cannot do it on our own. We all have to be united in in this work of co-creation and the work of evangelization. Tell us what this new position will entail in terms of responsibilities. I know you're a very busy person as it is. So what are you going to be doing? And what really does the International Theological Commission do for the larger church? I have to admit that even I, who's a sister, doesn't know much about what the International Theological Commission does. So what will your responsibilities be? And what does the commission do for the church?
1: So the task of this commission is uh, mainly to study. We study uh, themes, topics, topics what are urgent for the church today. So each five years, this commission uh, listens to the needs of the, the church and the world and chooses a theme, a topic. And they study this topic during five years and at the end of the five years, it uh, issues a document. So the main task is uh, to do research and to study, along with the other uh, members of the commission, to study, but for not, not for ourselves, but uh, to help uh, our church today to deepen the themes that can help us to more understand our faith and to give better testimony in the world today. So it will be a reading and writing, not alone, but together.
0: Dear listeners, you're listening to African Catholic Voices where today we have Sister Junsine Galula from the DRC Congo who was recently appointed as the first African woman ever to join the International Theological Commission. She tells us about what her new responsibilities will entail and how all this came about, but also her hopes for the African church and especially African women all over the continent. Do you have any idea what this topic for the next six years is going to be?
1: No, we, we have to, to choose it together. So I think the first three months we have to, to talk together, uh, discuss and
0: find one topic. You know, it's, it's interesting to, to hear about this commission and to discover that there are so many other commissions and departments and to really appreciate how the larger church has so many pieces moving together to try and keep us all moving in the right direction. I think sometimes we lose sight of that, of how amazing it must be to keep an entire global church with so many members moving along together. You know, recently, in again, another advancement for women in the church, the Pope published Spiritist Domini*, changing canon law to allow women to be admitted as acolytes and lectors. And I know when I've talked with some women in other parts of the world, they're like, but we have been doing this. We have been acolytes and lectors already. What does such a directive and the change in canon law mean, especially for the African church and for liturgical life?
1: Yes, uh, for me, in the African church, this change is very important for women, African women in our churches, to understand that liturgy is not only singing and dancing. When we look at our liturgies, women are very active where there is singing, dancing, and money. But liturgy is more than that. Liturgy is Jesus Christ interacting with the church as people of God. And women, we are people of God. So I hope that this change will help African women to develop many other skills. We have many skills as women. We can read, we can talk. So we can do many things in the church and we neglect it. So I hope it will help African women to develop many other uh, skills apart from singing, dancing and keeping money off our parishes.
0: It's true and especially when you think in the typical African church on a Sunday, the numbers of women are way more than the men. To see this richness of liturgy where everybody has a part to play, really, and I love the words that you have used, It's Jesus coming down to interact with us. And um, to be able to participate in that in even more ways is, is really a blessing, but also uh, a privilege because it calls you to do even more with your life. As we come to the end, Sister Josie, I would ask, do you have any last words for our audience, or do you have any questions for me, myself, (laughs) Uh, as we come towards the end?
1: Yes, I would just say that I have been very active in theology for the last 20 years. My experience is that the position of women in the church is not a matter of sex or genital discrimination, that is my experience. It's a matter of competence. Women are absent because of education and experience. So let us train women, let us educate women, let us give women good education, let us empower the skills so that they will be competitive. When many, many women will be competitive, I think things will change in the church.
0: I agree because when I studied for some of my education in Kenya, uh, the number of women in certain courses was so much lower. And I think it's also just when you look at the basics is that by the time a man is ready to be ordained a priest, he has a degree, sometimes two, or a diploma and a degree. And this is not always the case for women or women religious. So to at least get to a place, and that is my hope and dream for Africa, that a basic degree will be a basic requirement. The world is changing, the needs of the people are changing. So to be able even to address the needs of the people of God, that basic education requirement is needed and i hope that opportunities will arise and but also those with the power to make these decisions will prioritize raising the competency of women so sister josie i invite you to pray a blessing for us for our church for our continent it's a beautiful continent a beautiful church but with many struggles especially after the pandemic which has even brought more challenges to our people So please say a prayer for us.
1: Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of life, for the gift of our families, of our countries, and of our continents. We thank you for the gift of salvation. The gift of the church, this family you have given us as a departure point for loving all humanity and taking care of all humanity. We pray for our continents, Africa. May the light of God shine over every person in this continent. May God give us better life. May God help our authorities in Africa to do their best and to give their best to make this continent better and people of this continent more happy. May the Holy Spirit strengthen our intelligence and wisdom and love we ask this through jesus christ our lord amen amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit
0: amen thank you so much sister josie and All I can do is wish you God's blessings in your ministry and especially in this new role, and that somehow you'll manage to balance all the many responsibilities on your shoulders, but also take time to nurture yourself. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on our show.
1: Thank you, my dear. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.
2: En las horas fuego, corto que encuadra las flagras.